Dungeons and Daddies, not a BDSM podcast, is hitting the road this summer from May 31st through June 14th. We're doing part two of our U.S. live tour. Whoa. I came up with the name for this one. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Areas Tour. Very kind good. of similar. Dungeons you know? and Daddies, the Areas Tour, feet Taylor Swift. We're hitting the road again. Midwest and East Coast dates on sale. Tickets are available now. We're starting up in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're going to Milwaukee, Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Pelham, Tennessee, Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. Wow. More info on our website, dungeonsanddaddies.com slash live. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dungeons & Daddies is a rowdy, horny, violent podcast for grown-ups. Content warnings can be found in the description. We now return you to our feature presentation. Tell me what happened. I told you exactly what happened. They put you in the meth-based supermax, we slapped some people around, us dads straighten it out, and it's all over. I'm telling you now, if I hear anything, I swear on Santa Claus, Joey, I'm going to kill somebody. Well, go ahead and kill everybody. You're a tough guy. Go kill people. Kill Willie. Kill Barry. Kill Dennis Anderson. Kill me while you're at it. What do I care? You're killing yourself the way you're working out. You unbalanced moron. Look at you. Look at your left arm. What do you mean? I don't, I don't understand. What do you mean kill you? Kill me. Start here. Kill me first. Do me a favor because you're driving me crazy. You're a killer. You're a big shot. Just kill. You're a killer. Excuse me. What do you mean by you, though? So? What does that mean? Julie, that meant something. You mentioned Willie, you mentioned Dennis, you mentioned you. You included you with them. You could have said anybody, but you said you and them. You, you, you really let prison ruin your life. Look at you. You know how flippin' nuts you are? Look what it did to you. You raised my son? What? You raised my son? How could you ask me that question? How, how could you ask me that? I'm a dad. You ask me that? Just tell me. I'm not going to answer that. It's stupid. Give me all these answers, but you ain't give me the right answer. I'm going to ask you again. Did you or did you not? That's a sick question, and I'm not going to answer it. I'm leaving. If Morgan calls me, tell him me and Nicholas are going into Book Castle. You're a sick bastard. I feel sorry for you. I, I really do. You know what you should do? Try a little more fathering and a little less getting swole so you won't have problems at home, and you don't pick on me and my boy Nicholas. You understand me, you freaking wacko? You're cracking up. You know what this is? This is a flashbang. I'm leaving. Freaking screwball. Welcome to Dungeons and Daddies, a Mulan fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, not a BDSM <laughs> podcast, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Let's get down to business. <laughs> what I love is the longer this podcast goes on and the farther away you listen to this episode, the weirder that intro is going to be. Like, nobody's going to remember Jimmy was in Mulan in like five years. So he's like, wait, why are they doing a Mulan podcast? Dang, brutal, dude. Nobody's going to remember that that one episode where I had just gotten Invisalign and talked like a fucking 
freak. Yeah. <laughs> Warning everybody, Beth is very cute now, and you're just going to have to sort of deal with that. You have to deal with it. Beth is now playing all the children characters. <laughs> this is the Dungeons and Dragons podcast about four dads from our world flung into the land of high fantasy and magic in the search for their lost sons. Along with their cool friend, Glenn. Featuring Glenn Close. I'm the man featured there. My name is Freddie Wong. I play Glenn Close, the rock and roll bard dad of the group. God, I realize I came in with a full head of steam and I didn't have a really a dad Unfortunately, fact. you need each other. When your brother's not around, you don't need to stunt on him. You ran into a gunfight and realized you didn't have any ammo. What's going on? Here's Glenn's dad fact. He uh, used to read books to Nick <laughs> as a kid. Like growing okay. up, he was reading bedtime stories. Mostly it was rock and roll biographies, mm. you know, like that Motley Crue one. Patty Smith. Yeah, exactly. All of those rock and roll biographies. You read him the Motley Crue. Well, you read Nick the Dirt? When he was a kid? I mean, he, I sanitized That might it. be the worst thing your character's done. <laughs> no, no, I sanitized it. But oh, Glenn okay. sanitized right. it. Patreon stretch goal. I want an audio recording of Glenn <laughs> reading the dirt to Nick yes. and then having to improvise whatever the sanitized kid-friendly version is off the dome. They took 16 friends up to their <laughs> playroom and they played Call of Duty. And they snorted <laughs> M&M's. When the cops came, they played Call of Duty too. <laughs> they all had fun. Afterward, for me, was a blur of fizzy drinks, fun <laughs> powder, interviews, and uh, women. <laughs> That's the darkest one, the hesitation before women. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is IRL Dad Matt RP. Here's the thing, when you sanitize the dirt, <laughs> it's actually about as long as reading Goodnight Moon. You know what I mean? It's like you're basically reading the Wikipedia article from Motley Crue at that point. He goes through the whole book every night. There's a lot of Page. Like Nick grew up being like, do books just like not have like because he would flip through like forty pages like whoa no none of this redacted none of this none CIA of this Let's go on. redacted 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 sorry Matt you were saying hey everybody this is IRL uh, dad Matt Arnold RPing fictional dad Daryl Wilson Daryl's a stay at home coach dad who became a barbarian upon entering the Forgotten Realms I wanted to go more into Daryl's uh, domestic life so I thought I would talk about chores mm-hmm. um, since that's uh, most of Daryl's day Daryl organizes his chores into three categories categories and they are bores snores and scores so what he does is <laughs> okay the snores are the ones he can just do while sleeping those are the ones he saves for like the end of the day when he's getting tired like you know those are like folding laundry like whatnot the bores are the tough ones those are like mm-hmm. the ones he does not want to do the he's doing the dishes clean the bathtub that's the stuff he puts at the top of the day the scores are like the little rewards to himself you know mowing the lawn all the stuff he likes to eating do eating charleston shoes yeah. eating charleston <laughs> shoes <laughs> masturbating in the shower <laughs> masturbating in the shower <laughs> <laughs> and he, he does a little check mark. They're like, "Whoa, there's a lot of scoring going on today." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, it was a it was a busy day." No, that's it. That's all. It's just he's got. Yeah, that's. I it. like that system. Yeah, it's good. That's very system. wholesome. Yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Will Campos, professional podcaster and official voice of Henry Oak, the fictional hippie, crunchy munchy, Birkenstock rocking hippie nature druid dad on this podcast, Dungeons and Daddies. Here's my uh, Henry fact this week. Since I wanted to do a book theme one like Freddy because, you know, it's, we're going to Book Castle. As we've established in the fiction of this universe, Henry's favorite type of book is trees because every tree tells a story and it, they're all unique. Henry's second favorite type of book is books about trees. <laughs> <I knew. laughs> 
Boy, howdy, does he love trees. And there's nothing better than reading your second favorite book while leaning up underneath your first favorite book, a tree. Dude, that's fucked up, dude, because books are made of trees. That's true. That's why it's so amazing. There's so much tree book synergy in the world when you're reading a tree book under a tree. You know, it's like how does Henry feel about the giving tree? Yeah, the giving tree. Uh, Didn't you talk about the giving tree once? (laughs) I've never read the giving tree, but I feel like you did this. You said it's the giving tree and we all realized that you hadn't read the giving tree. It was like, no, Henry would not like the giving tree. I will say that the giving tree is like, I don't know, codependence to a to a T, but a tree, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Let me say that again, because it's so funny. It might as well end up in the podcast. I will say (laughs) I will say that. Don't fuck it up. Giving tree is actually just like if you look up codependent in the dictionary, that's what you see is the giving tree. Mm-hmm. This yes. is a really funny joke, by the way. <laughs> I like your first telling of it. Yeah. We're A B testing it. A is the better option. Fuck. I feel like the the every tree has a story is one of those things that like people in museums say or whatever. It's just like if you said that in a forest to your kids, you'd be like, Yeah, I love trees because every tree's got a story. Your kids would be like, say one. <laughs> and then say another one, Dad. Tell me two different stories that these trees tell, <laughs> right, and they right. better be good. All and it's right. like, nope. I like a challenge. I like a challenge. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was an acorn, and the acorn got, you know, it grew into a big, beautiful tree. Oh, straight to the third act, huh? Damn. And it lived happily ever after. Now, here's a second fun story. This is about a tree that was in the forest as well, and it was a tree that loved being in the forest, and then two mean little boys named Lark and Sparrow came along and carved boner fart 69420 into the tree, and the tree didn't like that very much, and it got sad, and it was, you know, it still loved the boys, but it was like, oh, geez, why'd you do that? And it hurt a lot, but then it eventually grew over it, and, you know, but the boys still shouldn't have done that at the end. <laughs> there you go. What do you want from me, Matt? Daryl's adding Henry's tree stories to the boar category of his chore <laughs> section. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi, my name is Beth May, and I play Ron's. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Get a running start. Hi, my name is Beth May and I play Ron Stampler, emotionally detached stepfather and rogue. I'm Beth May, orthodontic superstar. <laughs> Beth pulling this voice out on the podcast is like is like she's running a marathon. She's already like a mile ahead of everybody. And everybody's like, you get to slow down and have a good time. Like just yeah. wave to the audience. And she just like doubles. She's like, no, no, no. We're cru- I'm crushing She's podcasting everybody. like I'm not left-handed either. Wait. <laughs> yes. I am left-handed. I'm saying that your voice is just even funnier. Oh. But- <laughs> I got Invisalign a few days ago. Fun fact about Ron this week is that upon seeing Jody and Nicholas disappear into the book castle, Ron was simultaneously hit with an urge to say something witty that might, you know, end the episode on a real zinger or something like that. (laughs) And so shocked that his jaw fell open. But when both those happened at the same time, he bit his little tongue like real hard. And so he might not be talking so good this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rooting for Ron in a way that I never have before. I'm Anthony Birch. I'm your dad. Last episode's uh, special Anthony fact. It was a Wreck Me Daddy where I talked about a, a puzzle that I started. And I finished the puzzle, and the puzzle was great. It was a delight. They're called Magic Puzzles. You can find them on Amazon. And they came in a, back of, a box of three, or a pack of three. And I was like, all right, week two, time to tuck into another delightful puzzle. Just me and my thoughts and a thousand random pieces that I can assemble to make it seem like the world has order. And I've dumped them all out and started turning them over. And then I realized that the real twist ending at the end of the puzzle is that I'm old and my back is bad. And I am now too infirm 
to do puzzles because you have to lean over. Oh, no. So I took the oldest man possible thing, and I'm too much of an old man to do it now. No, you got to get one of those, like, drafting tables. Yep, that's how the puzzle <laughs> pros do it. Yeah. No, serious, that's a real thing. Yeah, the hardcore yeah. puzzlers know. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not that hardcore. Or you just got to get a nephew that you can be like, hey, give me that piece across the table over yeah. there and just stay seated. That's what uh, When I Dot do. becomes of age, I will I will enlist her as my puzzle squire. Yeah, you just get stay seated <laughs> and have the kids pick them up. My mom does puzzles all the time. That's usually the thing as a kid. She's like, I think the quarter piece is over there, Mac. <laughs> so when we last left you all, you had just escaped the Meth Bay Correctional Facility. Congratulations. Yay. You had landed the rock, the big old bird, mm-hmm. outside of Books Castle because you had promised that it would be able to keep Books Castle because it likes books. Ooh. We realized we couldn't afford Jimmy anymore. That Mulan <laughs> money finally came in. Those residuals. Yeah. You decided to explain to Jody and Nicholas reality as you perceived it, which is that Jody didn't exist until you left the courthouse and that Nicholas used to be Glenn's son, not Jody's. Jody and Nicholas thinking that uh, you'd been under the effect of some sort of spell or that something bad had happened. Uh, They produced a flashbang, threw it. The drawbridge is open. He ran inside with Nicholas and they both disappeared into the darkness of Book Castle and you cannot see them pass the doorway. I just want to point out that, you know, a flashbang is such a powerful concussive device. So I'll just go ahead. We'll, We'll join the scene mid action. Can you die from a flashbang? I can't. Fuck. I can't. I can't see. What? Oh, oh my god. god! Oh freaking ding what? ding! Ah. I'm gonna throw up. I think How I bit you? my tongue. <laughs> oh my god, Ron bit his tongue. Oh, it's not that bad, guys. I don't know what your problem is. It's not a big deal. Hayden, the reason it's, it's not affecting you is because I, I held you. I mean, you were. You, it's I'm not, pretty you're sure not... just because I'm very strong, but I'll take that too. I mean, you are a strong boy, but yeah. I powered through that flashbang. <laughs> Oh, jeez Louise. Dude, what, how's the bird, how's the rock reacting to a human flashbang from the LAPD or wherever the fuck? As we found out about two weeks too late, the rock is the size of a kaiju. Oh. It's like massively, massively, massive. Remember I said it was 7,000 pounds. That's oh, it's like Clifford. Like Clifford the Big Red Dog is a kaiju. <laughs> yeah, it's a Clifford the Big Red Dog kind of situation in much the same way that you could not reasonably expect to loop a belt around Clifford the Big Red Dog's neck and bring him to heel. The rock is also probably too big for that, but we'll just go ahead and move on past that. It could be a little tiny rock. I mean, no, but it's your world. You explain how big it was. It's no job for an ordinary belt, but an anti-belt. But an anti-belt, <laughs> that's true. It's only because Jody did it that it worked, because the impossible is possible when you believe. Jody's got a big elastic dad belt. Daryl puts his fingers around um, a belt loop on Payton. I go, be my eyes, son. Run, run, just find them. <laughs> and and I, I go, Payton, go, go, just chase after them. No problem, no problem. He starts running in a direction that is not toward the castle. He's like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I don't care. I'm just momentum. I can't stop moving. I'm like a shark. I'm like a shark. <laughs> You're going after Jody. Oh, okay, sure. Let's settle down for a second. Let's just take two minutes and let's come up with like a plan here. Let's just so they went into this place. What do we really know about Book Castle? This place seems like it could be pretty rowdy. What do we really know about books? What do we really know about books? And also, like, what are we going to do when we get in there? You know, like, are we going to beat them up? Like, we still got like a two dad, one son situation. So, like, how do we want to handle this? Does Nick really not? Think I'm his dad? Yeah, I, that's, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> well, to you know, be fair, we don't really think that he's your son. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to Ron's point, it's not like he just forgot. Like a different timeline. Remember Sliders, the show that Henry likes a lot? And then, like, yeah, oh, I, I yeah, definitely enjoyed sliders. it, too. Sliders, yeah, you know. Sliders. It seems like this is a completely different Nick. Like, it's not that he doesn't know that you're his dad. It's like he, Jody, is his dad forever. Well, then we need, we shouldn't go after him. Then we should slide into another timeline or something or 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 find another way to what are we 
What are we wasting time here for, then? I mean, I guess that's one way to think about it. If that's not your son, I guess we could just ignore them. That's kind of up to you, Gladys. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's just go deal with Willie. Ron, your anchor's still out there, right? Fuck it. We're Peyton. What? Peyton language. Peyton, we're pretty loose on this, but, like, can we just cut the effort just a little bit? Just oh, my God. Like, uh, I'm just being real. Father? No. <laughs> no, the other F word, Ron. I can see how that would be, you know, a pretty bad F word right now. Things aren't looking great for the entirety of just fatherhood, uh, especially when you got you got two dads that are fighting. Glenn, buddy, I wish there was something I could tell you that make you know would make you feel better. I yeah, I always thought I considered myself sort of the outsider, the rogue, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, of the group. Uh, the kind why of why was that pun? Oh, there, there's Run. this game. I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> and I always thought that I was kind of the one on the outs, but then I realized. That uh, when you got a weird son that doesn't like you, then you're always on the outs. And so, um, let's see, what am I trying to say here, Glenn? Uh, you're saying I'm like a stepdad to this other Nick now? That's exactly what I'm saying, buddy, is that you're a stepdad now. <laughs> but that's but bullshit. I've you know what? That means that you can step up. That's true. I don't need to step up. I've, well, I have stepped up. You're actually right. I didn't think that you were a bad dad. and I, I, I read to that kid. What was what? Yeah, I raised that kid. What? What's all this supposed to mean then? Did, did that not happen? Look, we don't know what the deal is with new Nick slash Narcolis, right? <laughs> and like, it doesn't make sense to me that the law would be like, "You're a bad dad, so we're just gonna swap your son out with a different." <laughs> That's the first time Glenn heard the word Narcolis, so he's like. Hey. <laughs> My point is this could be a different Nick. This could be the same Nick and just with different memories. We got to go in there and figure out what's going on. So, you know, I know I was the one who was like, let's all stop and talk about it. But maybe you're right, Daryl. Maybe we should just. Yeah, I mean, they're gone now, Henry. I was just. Oh, jeez. Oh, you're right. You know, I just. I'm so look before I leave. Oh, stupid, stupid Henry. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, hey, but it's all right. No, it's okay. We're all kind of stumbling on this. I feel like. Glenn, for all the times he says the wrong thing, sometimes he does know the right thing to say. And so I feel kind of like I just can't really think of anything that will make you feel better, Glenn. Since we have stopped here for a moment, I I do have to ask, Glenn, you're old now. What happened? Um, I just realized, like, I'm just looking at you. Like, you look good, by the way. Like, you, like, I hope, man, I hope I look as good as you do. Yeah. However old you are. Looking good. Yeah. You you can be like my dad now. Like, I don't know why I said that. Let's not say anything we can't take back. Ho, ho, ho. He's still nothing to the P, though. But maybe you tell us your side of the story. We can get a little bit. At least, like, what what happened? Like, what do you remember? While you guys do that, I'm going to heal our bird friend over here because he's looking pretty rough. And so while they're doing that, Anthony, I'd like to cast uh, Cure Wounds on the bird. Delightful. I mean, I remember waking up in a cell. It was pretty bad down there, guys. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to. I don't like to think about it too much. I was just sort of focused on getting out, and I also was focused on honing my body to be powerful and, and strong. So I was doing a lot of working out. Nick Jr.'s on your shoulder, like nodding knowingly as you're saying this. This is Nick Jr. You're like halfway there, it looks like you got like one. I was stuck to a wall. Time was weird in there, man. It felt like years passed, even though. I knew it was only moments. It looked like years passed. Yeah. It was strange. But in a cool way. Yeah, there was a lot of implications <laughs> about like time dilation that if we 
poke at it too hard, doesn't quite hold up under scrutiny, but let's just move on. That seems to be a thing in this world, like that there's like a sort of vague sense of stuff moves faster and slower than other stuff, but it kind of just changes willy-nilly depending on what's going on. Like, how is it that you we know, can- Maybe some people, they major in uh, creative writing, maybe they don't major so much in theoretical physics. Maybe, you know, you got your, your areas that you're good at, your area that's good at, you just sort of move on. But how can we talk to our wives on the phone if it's going faster in their world than our Man, world? Man, these are good questions. These are great questions. Boy, oh boy. Man, I wonder what Jody and Nicholas are doing. Oh, boy. I, I, I'm not the smartest guy, but I just always thought since, like, the time dilation stuff, like, doesn't actually happen, anybody that says it wouldn't happen that way is kind of talking out of their ass because it's not a real thing that actually can happen. So, like, I think whatever the author says in the story sliders or whatever we're watching, I think that's what happened. I think it's fine. Like, I don't think anybody can actually say it doesn't work that way because it doesn't exist. I don't really care. Anyway, it was jacked up. <laughs> one of those guards poked my eye out. Oh, my God, you have one eye? Whoa. I lift up my eye patch. I'm like, yeah, check it out. That looks real manly. I can't see through this one. Nick Jr. covers his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, there's no eye there. I guess manliness comes with a cost. <laughs> Sometimes it does, Ron. Shit, that's really good. For sure, that's like my situation now when that bird plucked my eye out. Like, I think I'm a little nearsighted in my left eye. Like, I think my- Henry, you don't look as cool. <laughs> Just stop. All right, all right, fine. You're right, Ron. You know, I've been nearsighted this whole time. I lost my contacts, like, in the second episode. I just, Oh, like... my gosh, you don't- Oh, what, what prescription are you? I don't know why I had 20-20 vision. I don't know why I'm asking that. Would the dads compare prescriptions? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me try on your glasses. I'm like four. It's not a lot. I'm mostly doing reading glasses, but that's like, you know, if anytime I miss. Wait, 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 wait. Henry, you got glasses on and you have 20-20 vision? Then what's the glasses for? <laughs> why do you have 20-20 vision? What's the glasses for, Henry? Uh-oh. <laughs> of course, that is the most on-brand thing. <laughs> the glasses? Oh, well, they're, you know, it's to block that blue light. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's to block the, uh, I wear them because I think it makes me look smart. All right, there fine. Here, Daryl, you can yeah. have my glasses. There it is. There it is. The truth comes out. Oh, <laughs> fine, fine. I can see perfectly. Well, ironically, I can't see perfectly well. Now I have one slightly blurry your eye but daryl you try these oh i mean they're non-prescription so it doesn't help at all <laughs> oh, shit. but how do i look <laughs> this is good you look really good roll, you look... roll roll something Thanks. to see how you look roll d20 i don't care okay. what the stat is <laughs> i got a one <laughs> i throw them you throw my glasses no no here's what it is daryl as he lifts the glasses to his face pokes his own eye with them like oh the, the arm so now he has to take disadvantage on all sight related checks and then he goes ah oh, and like crushes them in his hand on accident oh i'm geez. sorry oh all right well i you know <laughs> it's like at the end of that twilight zone episode you're yeah. surrounded by books and your glasses oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i had so much time now <laughs> time enough at last okay so i i i agree with ron here we should we should probably just go in that was like but real really quick, quick. But real quick this new guy jody real quick real quick what, what, what do you guys know about him i got the sense that he was kind of like kind of sucked honestly but what, what, what do we know about well him? he's a uh he's a law enforcement officer i Ugh. believe he oh yeah i had a feeling you were gonna react that way he uh is a i believe he's a highway patrolsman of some sort oh my god really yeah and so he seems like i don't know he kind of seems like the opposite of you in every way although so he must totally suck <laughs> i gotta be honest giving your kid a flashbang kind of seems like something you would do too he actually is kind of nice though as far as i'm concerned Leaving a kid in the custody of someone who'd give him a flashbang? That's a kid in danger. We better get in there regardless of whatever happened to Nick if he's still in there. Hey, Glenn, though, I'm really sorry about that your kid isn't cool anymore. 
And I thanks, Ron. I'm sorry that that happened to you. And Glenn pulls Ron into a hug and just holds it for a lot longer than you think it should be held. And Ron cries a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Ironically, Henry is completely missing all of this tender emotional dad stuff that would normally be his shit because he's just super sad about his broken glasses <laughs> and he's trying to look at his reflection in a nearby pool of water to see if he looks okay. Hey, but you still look great. No, you look good. Glasses are without man. And then reflection from Mulan plays. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ultimate Mulan fan cast. You can always just put the frames on. Uh, but that, no, they're pretty broken too. Right. <laughs> Henry's trying to do that when everyone else is hugging and he goes, ah, now forget. And he throws him away. Delightful. Let's save this motherfucking kid. <laughs> we prefer to kids as motherfucking now? That's pretty. I'm the one who has to watch my language. <laughs> he just said motherfucking kid. Peyton, Peyton, if he was my son, I would tell him not to say that. Well, you're not my son. I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm sorry. I'm very confused. You're my dad. I, my son's over there. Oh my I know it's a lot. I thought I raised you better than this. <laughs> Even if we don't know if it's Nick or Narcolis or whatever it is, like we need him to do your anchor, right? We need, like, I got your weed. By the way, can you take this? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Can you yeah. take this from me, please? Glenn literally grabs the blunt like it's Alan Grant's glasses from fucking Jurassic Park. Like his hands <laughs> oh are God. shaking as he, like, lifts it to his mouth and fucking, it's like, I need a light. Wait, wait, wait. Anybody got a light? Glenn, no. Glenn, Anybody no. got a light? Glenn, wait. What? That blunt, it might not seem magic right now, but if you smoke that blunt, it means you're giving up all hope that it could become magic again, that your son is still out there. If you smoke that blunt, you're giving up everything man glenn takes henry's words into consideration looks at it and like closes his hand around this just like in my head it's just like the most righteous snoop dog size blood ever so it's like it's literally like gripping a bottom of a baseball bat oh my god he's like, you're right you gotta remember daryl did roll the blunt right yeah i really <laughs> remember oh, it's a god. terrible blunt yeah he rolled it like a chipotle burrito right yeah Actually, that makes sense daryl rolled it like a baseball bat he said this is how much pot you smoke the notion of waiting to like smoke a blunt that is that poorly rolled is like such a, an appalling concept it just slowly falls <laughs> apart in your pocket you're building up to this great oh i can't wait to smoke this thing and then it's built like a fucking scarf in a closet like just unraveling <laughs> so daryl when you reach into your pocket to get the blunt you also pull out an item that you didn't have when you went into the jail it must have fallen into your pockets when you were in the prison <laughs> never happened in my life before but okay <laughs> well you've never been to prison before so how do you know everything got sucked up to a gelatinous cube right so who knows right yes yeah. it might have fallen down the ground and some guard was like oh no no and then stuff it in a pocket at random. That's how it happened. Okay. It's a piece of paper that at the very top of it, it says P&P block, and this is a tax form. It's a magical tax form. <laughs> Daryl that- gets an erection. Yeah. <laughs> that gives Daryl an erection. <laughs> it's a magical tax form that gives you advantage on intimidation and allows you to fill in what the person owes for taxes. So you could write in like, pretty much anything and give it to somebody and then you have advantage on intimidation if you were specifically trying to intimidate them into feeling like hey you're past due on your taxes and this mm-hmm. is what we need to take as collection just like taxes in the real world yeah this is the final <laughs> item that came from our super crazy elite tier one shots that i did with some of our patron folks right. so this is the last one of those. oh cool hey fellow dads um some prisoner dropped a tax form in my pocket probably thought i could have helped them with it because i'm pretty good at the taxes by the way but oh, um yeah oh, i feel pretty God. good i'm gonna hang on to this i'm a businessman i have no need for taxes oh yeah <laughs> how much do you think you owe ron because i could uh no i won't use it on you it's all good i'll, I'll put this back in my pocket the power's gone to daryl's head we gotta get that thing away from him <laughs> all right guys look it's a very confusing time for me right now Decades past, 
you guys all seem to be the same for the most part. Henry, you look like a fucking dumbass without your glasses. Sorry, it's just the oh, truth. Ouch, man. Jeez. <laughs> but you know what? I know you're like kind of smart anyway, so it's all good. Um, listen, I don't know what's going on with that kid, but I don't like that Jody guy. And if there's any bit of Nick still in there, I got to get him back, man. Hell yeah, dude. Let's do it. Do you yeah, enter the castle? Yes, we do. No. We talk for a while more. <laughs> I just rolled perception as I'm crossing. Books make uh, Daryl nervous, so he's just he's looking around. He, he, this is just, this definitely for everybody else. This seems cool. He's like, no, this place is dangerous. Fucking books are full of uh, sinful words, or who knows what's going on in here. Wow. So rolled a seventeen. So with a seventeen, do I see anything as we cross the drawbridge? So as you cross the drawbridge, you're immediately hit with the smell of a brand new book. That sense when you open it up and it just smells a little bit new from the bookstore, or the library. Is that what like a Barnes and Noble smells like? I don't know what that smells like. Honestly, you've never like opened a book and been like, ah, new book smell i mean it smells like amazon packages for me at this point to be honest oh i'm sad sure for you <laughs> new book smells great i don't know let me smell my new book that just came out <laughs> yeah let's what does the immortal soul salvage yard smell like does it smell like quality the immortal soul salvage yard available on amazon and barnes and noble you just click on the link in the description beth what does that smell like it doesn't really smell like anything <laughs> oh. no my copy smells like honesty and funny and it smells like raw emotions <laughs> raw emotions <laughs> as you cross the drawbridge you can feel the book creak under you and the cover sort of slams shut vertically and the drawbridge closes behind you and the rock squawks like like thankful it's moving its wings a little bit more the wounds on its chest have healed up because of a cure wound spell while i was healing the rock i cast did speak with animals and told him that like we gotta go check this place out and clear it out of bad guys so he doesn't get hurt but then you know like it's all his after we leave cool he went wait <laughs> that's the only syllable you'll ever hear from him it's so weird all right <laughs> hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dungeons and Dice is brought to you this week by Rocket Money. Listen, you have subscriptions that you forgot about. I guarantee you, you have subscriptions that you're paying for. You're paying for every month that you don't even use anymore. Or sometimes you sign up for something and you sign up for something and the, the day later you don't even realize it. Rocket Money can cancel those subscriptions for you in a single click. And they'll even help negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. You just submit a picture of a bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money, for those of you who don't know, personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place with one tap, and if you see something you don't want, you just help cancel it just by tapping your fingers. And their dashboard shows you monthly spending compared to last month, so you can see where your habits are, see how you're doing, see how the trend lines are going. They can help you create a custom budget and keep your spending on track. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddies. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddies, rocketmoney.com slash daddies. Dungeons and Daddies is brought to you this week by KiwiCo. It's time. Kiwico. It's summertime. 
You ever do outdoor stuff in the summer? I would ride bikes. No, I've never gone no, outside. What, never gone. What, well, uh, not outside? in not in Phoenix. Yeah. Did you bike ride when you were like out in the summer, or would you just bake? So when I was in Tucson, when I was like bike riding age, and yeah, we would just bake alive. The asphalt was so hot, and then by the time I was in Phoenix, I was in college. You know, who rides bikes? I do to get to class and yeah. to get to other places, and it was very hot. Yes. So okay. KiwiCo is inviting kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. Ooh. Kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks with enriching content and fun activities to accompany each project. They have something for everyone and they offer different topics for each age, whether your child wants to explore space Hell or learn yeah. about dinosaurs yes. or learn about how dinosaurs were killed by an object from oh space. My God. I do have to say, looking at the KiwiCo website, there is a physics project for kids age five and up that is pinball? Are you freaking kidding Yo, me? I'm looking at this oh, marble roller man. coaster. KiwiCo encourages kids to get outside, explore, and to stay off their screens. Awesome projects from the Summer Adventure Series like the Bottle Rocket Kit, where you build an actual bottle rocket, but not the kind that you light with a lighter. Help to turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. And, and Matt is the parent in the room here. Yeah. Keeping your kid busy and creatively challenged. Constant struggle. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to avoid those screens. Then you got it. That's you gotta, the problem is that screens made them. Oh, my God. Really screens make it way. so easy, but you want to avoid those screens. So you got to come up with fun stuff to do, activities. Well, and like, look, you got a whole range. But you know how like you think you're prepared and you've got like a whole list of things. You're like, these activities this is going to last until my kid's in college. No. You were now then by like age no. four. KiwiCo does like, like, all the marshmallows with no. toothpicks and all the all the like make your own water. But I've done all these things. KiwiCo's doing that legwork for you so you can spend quality time just tackling the projects together. It must be nice, Matt, to be able to do these and just be like, I don't have to think. I can just play with do it. it. Convenient and personalized, you'll receive either all your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off on your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash summer daddies. That's the best code we've gotten That's so really far. That's really 20% off your summer adventure at kiwi k-i-w-i-c-o dot com slash summer daddies one word summer daddies so you enter book castle you are assaulted with the smell of new books everything is instantly quiet in the same way that like after a snowfall like the snow crystals absorb all the sound uh it's got that like sense of like eerie quietude to it your footsteps make a very soft echo throughout this massive chamber that you're in the floor is like cobblestone but instead of individual stones it's like the covers of hardback books it's novel stone nice so yeah it's novel stone as far as you can see it with the exception of in the center leading toward a door at the end of the chamber that you're in it's like a yellow brick road but it's yellow book road it's a yellow book road oh it's basically a bunch of open books. So there's like paper pages you can stand on that represents the trail. And the rest of it is just a bunch of. Uh, uh, so you're saying like the path is marked by open books, but yeah. all of it is books. But all of it is books on the ground. I just want to yell in this quiet to be like, hey, Jody, you piece of shit. Come out here and fight me one on one. So to your surprise, despite the fact that you're in a very cavernously large room with pillars that are also made of books just going up 10 stories. Your voice doesn't echo at all. Oh, great acoustics in here. Mm. We should record a podcast in here. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl wants to roll for investigation to see if there's any Tom Clancy books. Okay. As a Catholic, Daryl has advantage on checking for books to get mad at. (laughs) (laughs) He got an 18. Is there any? (laughs) So with an 18, you can sense actually that just under your left foot, is an original first edition hardback copy with no dust jacket of The Sum of All Fears. <gasps> Ooh, oh, Daryl Benson's like, oh, this is a good, Sum of All Fears, this is a good one. Daryl, wait! Is a good one. And Henry shoots a hand out. He goes, what? Tom Clancy sucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, man, jingoistic much? Jeez, these books are super whack. You should read something more know like, you know, the- Ursula K. Le Guin. I cast about for an Ursula K. Le Guin book. Okay, go ahead and roll. Daryl leans over to Ryan's like, do you know, what's Jingo? I don't know. I- uh, it's those, oh, it's those <laughs> jeans, Daryl. those big baggy jeans that was really popular in the 90s. Oh, okay. How guys would not be caught dead wearing those baggy jeans? <laughs> I don't know what Henry's talking about. Seems like a khaki and polo kind of guy, if you know what I mean. I rolled a 26, Anthony. Wow. Okay, so yeah, there's a, a first edition of Left Hand of Darkness, hardback, right underneath your foot. I go, here you go. This is like the Rainbow Six of fantasy novels. <laughs> Ooh. I was going to do a little book club here. I'll give you some of all fears and I'll read your, you said this is like Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six is a good one too. I'll take your book. I'm going to see if that author, Jinko, has any more books about maybe getting pants back on after maybe you've got a curse or something that you can't wear pants anymore. So if Jinko wrote a book, a how-to, I think that would be a really valuable tool. Cool, go ahead and roll. You know what? I, that's a great idea. I'm going to help you look for that, Ron. So Ron now has advantage on this because i want this to happen more than anything Anthony, you put us in a room full of books we're gonna spend the entire episode just That's fine. all the different okay. books oh i got 21 oh, 21 okay so with the 21 you see embedded in one of the nearby pillars you just see the spine but it says removal of pants curses by j dot nco john non-commissioned <laughs> officer uh, yeah i do i take it and I open it okay so it's like a 300 page book and you open it and on the first page it just says you can't and the rest of the pages are blank <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. okay i want to say what daryl noticed with his 17 perception mm-hmm. so as you walked in you saw four humanoid skeletons surrounding oh. the skeleton of a dead goblin with his hands cupped together. Like you've seen them used to be a microphone back in the uh, the Red Brands. Oh. And you can tell with your 17 roll of perception that they were killed by fedora cuts. <gasps> oh man, it was a poetry reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, guys, I don't know how I know this, but those aren't sword cuts. I think those are from a fedora. I think it's our, our main enemy. Our Well, actually is here. Oh my gosh. That's my guess. Or odd job. Man, that's a good... Man, Bond and Tom Clancy. That's what As I love. As you say that, you hear, despite the fact that there didn't seem to be a possibility of echo, you hear a booming voice echoing through the chamber. Well, actually, I'm not your main villain. I think that's probably Willie Stampler, but uh, <gasps> you're right about one thing. This is my castle, and if you want your friend back, if he even is your friend, you're going to have to go through some trials oh no hey well actually hey shove it first of all that's a subjective statement i can you are my main enemy now so why don't you just take that back you were wrong say you're wrong idiot mm, i'm not though i don't have you are control over you're my main you. enemy no my dad's a good dad i don't have any bad dads here no offense to all you guys but like well yeah you're my main enemy now how embarrassing for you if i'm the one you hate the most and you don't even really matter to me that much Ooh. <laughs> oh, you know what no. sir i don't like that you killed these people in this dungeon they seem like they were doing something weird with this goblin but you know, all right <laughs> we can do your trials we'll do them better than anyone so just get out of our way you, you jerk i'm annoyed at well actually this is like the fourth that we got out prison now this asshole is taking your i mean i guess your son or or whatever let's get in there are we, are we good yeah yeah let's do it yeah. As you begin to walk forward, Will actually goes, well, actually, it's not going to be that easy. So in order to reach me, you have to know what it's like to be well, actually. 
because oh, no. you changed the nature of me, you know, and I want you to understand what it's like to have that nature changed innately. Well, actually, the cards changed the nature of you. Yeah, but like you were part of that whole thing, like whatever. Damn, he got me. <laughs> As you approach the door to the next room, the books on the floor begin to animate and they form a massive golem, a 10 foot tall golem with its arms, legs, torso and head made out of books. And it wields a very large book club in one of its hands. Ah, uh, it's an nice. Oprah's book club. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how this is going to work. My book golems are going to tell you a fact but that fact is going to have a mistake in it, a little something that well actually might catch. If you can catch it and you know what's wrong. Well, if you already know what's wrong, then why don't you just fix it? Because this is just for you. This is I'm testing you. You have beaten the first golem. <laughs> I will posit a sentence to you. Within that sentence, there will be an incorrect fact. If you can guess what the incorrect fact is, but you don't have the correct fact, then you'll only take half damage from the golem's blow. Well, actually, a fact is a fact. It can't be an incorrect fact, right? Or else it's not a fact, it's something okay, else. Okay, you get that one. Okay, I take damage on that one. That's what I'm talking about. You hear Will actually go, uh, as he takes 18 psychic damage from what you just said. <laughs> nice. Holy shit. Ron, crushed it. I go for high five for Ron. Oh, well, you got to roll for the high five then. I hold my hand up. So I have to complete the high five. Yes. <laughs> so it's all on me now. Yes. <laughs> so I was roll acrobatics, I feel like. Acrobatics? Wow. That's the wrongest thing you've ever said, but sure. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to do athletics then. You said it was wrong. A sleight of hand. Plus seven, that's an 18. Okay. Damn, we'll have to work that out later because you know that's intricate. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> They've got a whole thing now. They got a secret handshake. There will be an inaccuracy in the statement that you are given. If you identify it without knowing what the correct version of that inaccuracy is, you take half damage from the golem. If you identify it and you know the correct replacements, then you take no damage from the golem. I've got as many of these as we have time or think are fun. Well, that's nice. That's fair. Yes, that's a good visual, actually. That's, yeah, that's great. Where the hell is Jody? Did he have to do this bullshit? No, he didn't. Jody and his nerdy-ass son are both safe and sound in a place that I think you would appreciate very much, Glenn. Okay. What is that supposed to mean? Well, you want to tell us what that is? Would I like it? What the heck does would it? Henry like it? It's the Bard Rock Cafe. Oh, okay. We have a cafe <laughs> inside Book Castle. It's like, you know, in a Barnes & Noble or whatever where there's like a Starbucks, Starbucks like in that. the back. We have a Bard Rock <laughs> Cafe here. How rock and roll is this world that you can get a full-on chain <laughs> restaurant inside of a bookstore? Like, that rules, dude. Like, if I go to Fuddruckers... To Daryl, is always that there's a Barnes & Noble outside the Starbucks. That's the way he thinks of it. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks Starbucks is surrounded by a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> you gotta go to the Starbucks and the Barnes and Noble. They do the best <laughs> coffee. Around the Starbucks, a Barnes and Noble create. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, Dad Huddle, real quick. If I remember correctly, Jody said that his anchor was in the Hard Rock Cafe. That means if he's there with Narcolis, maybe he'll use the anchor and then they'll go home or something like that. We gotta hurry. Oh yeah, we gotta get him. Or do something. That's a good point. Hey, we're in this Dad Huddle. Can I do a quick test just to see whether or not we should keep doing it? Let me just see. Uh, well, actually, he's a big old butthead. All right, cool. I just want to make sure that if we're doing that, you know, it's just like, this is why do a dad hole if you can hear us anyway. So I'll just double checking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he may have heard us. So he's maybe really smart. Shit. He's playing it cool. Yeah, that's what Tom Clancy would do. He would, he would <laughs> oh pretend God, that Darryl, he didn't hear us. Enough with Tom Clancy. Ah, never mind. We'll talk about it later. All right. Give us your best shot. Well, actually. All right. I feel like every time Henry says we're going to talk about it later, Daryl takes one psychic damage. Just like, <laughs> no, we're, I don't want to talk. About Why? Because you recognize it in your own like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. This doesn't sound fun. Now I'm stressed out. Sure. Take a psychic damage. Yeah. It's like when you get an email from somebody that's like some thoughts and yeah. you're like, I can't read this right now, but I'll probably do it later. 
later and for the rest of the day I'm dealing with that. Canonically, Henry has sent like Daryl 20 emails that are all titled a few things. Yeah, a few things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. So uh, just to clarify, so I thought I'd come up with this whole structure for like find the inaccuracy. It turns out there was or is, I can't tell, a show that was like on like college humor or dropout or dorkly or like one of those college humor things that was literally called Well Actually and is this exact premise. So I just want to say I'm aware of that, unfortunately, (laughs) but we're doing it anyway. So the book golem looks at you and its face is a very large copy of Ender's Game. Oh, no. And the book opens and from its pages, you hear the ruffling of pages that turns into a voice. So the book says, in the Ender's Game saga, the first book, Ender's Game, tells the story of Ender Wiggins and the book's sequel, Ender's Shadow, follows his friend Bean. Actually, I think Daryl knows um, Ender's Shadow is not a sequel. Uh, the book Dolan <laughs> melts in front of well, you. Well, actually, I think it was called Speaker for the Dead. Oh, yeah. it melts even further. It explodes. <laughs> Pages go everywhere. And Well, actually, I think Ender's Shadow is a retelling of the first series in the new quadrilogy, isn't it? Yeah, you just clarified the first one. We can hear well actually say like that's basically the same fact, but just in more detail. <laughs> this is not the sequel, yeah. Still well done. All right. You correctly found the inaccuracy there, and the golem falls away with no effort. That was easy. As you head into the next room, this is now a canyon of books. There's basically a huge fissure separating you from the other side of the canyon. And there's a golem standing in front of it, and he opens his head, which is an Animorphs book. And he says, <laughs> in K.A. Applegate's series Animorphs, a group of teens gain the power to morph into animals. If they stay in animal form too long, however, they are stuck as that animal for good. This is the fate of Tobias, who early in the series is permanently stuck in the form of a robin. I cast hidden paths and teleport us across the chasm. (laughs) (laughs) It sees you across the other side of the chasm. It turns around and goes, God damn it. And it throws its book club at you specifically, Henry. Um, I'm going to roll for it. Well, I don't think it was a robin. It's too late. You already cheated. But yes, correct. It was not a robin. You nailed it. <laughs> Good for you, he says, pointing at you, but not at Henry. Was it a tiger? <laughs> so as you say that, the club splits into another second club while it's in the air. And that one zooms for you, Ron. <laughs> oh, no. Ron, you're going to take 13 damage. Henry, you're going to take 26 damage. Oh, Ooh, yikes. Did we have time to heal after the fight, or am I at what my health was before? <laughs> we didn't have any time to rest. Or all right, no, so. all right. I'm not doing great. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. I'm like, oh, Henry has 12 hit points. Um, <laughs> and more than that, Ron, as the club hits you and the books open, you feel their paper cuts all over you, and you hear the sound of the papers like whispering into your ear, and they say. Sneak attack has nothing to do with stealth rolls and everything to do with whether or not the rogue has advantage on their attack or are fighting with friends nearby. Oh, my God. And you can feel (laughs) part of yourself changing with that knowledge. You feel like the businessman part is like somehow being supplanted by a traditionally generic rogue. (gasps) Am I going to have to know how to play this, though? (laughs) Because that's the other big issue. Anthony just created the highest stakes this podcast has ever had, which is just to neuter and polish down Ron as a boring character. (laughs) This can't happen. Henry, you feel the sense of like, oh, your crunchiness and your munchiness. You can feel it being subsumed under a surface of like just like a tree, uh, a tree-loving nature creature that is one with a forest and very serene. Oh, no. And the voice goes... When you wild shape, you actually take on the additional <laughs> HP of the animal. It doesn't just. Yes, actually, that's HP. literally what I was going to say. So, well, actually, you hear his voice saying, so you feel a little different, do you? 
Well, here's the thing. I've been watching the way that you've gone about your adventures, and I don't much truck with the way that you've decided that you don't want to play by the rules as established. So <laughs> if you get knocked out, if you ever get to zero HP while you're in my castle, you're going to revert into the true version of what you should be. And that means you have to cast your spells with components. <gasps> that means you have to only take one action per turn with minor actions as a possibility. I will become the guiding hand that you have needed so badly in your lives, but have been unable to achieve as the bad dads that you are. Holy shit. <laughs> this is the highest stakes I've ever heard. I, oh my God. Daryl leans over to Glenn's like, do you have any idea what he's talking about? No, no, it sounds like a bunch of just stupid shit. <laughs> okay, I mean, let's just keep going. Beth, if this happens, we're going to need to like have to like find someone online, like a Fiverr person to like teach you. You're going to have to literally fire me. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, sorry, the role is now like the character speaks only Swedish. And so we're going to have to hire a Swedish actor and I'm like I understand go ahead thinking about it it's like yeah you could teach me how to play D&D but you couldn't teach me to be like a smart person about it <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't teach me to make normal decisions you can lead a Beth to a D20 but you can't make her roll exactly Henry is going to heal himself first though he's going to cast Balm of the Summer Court <laughs> Fey Energy Pool as a bonus action by spending dice from the pool you can restore HP blah 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 Okay, I heal for 34. So you head into the next room and you see a large mountain of books blocking half of the room from you. So as you begin to climb this mountain of books, another golem appears at the top and it says, the Game of Thrones series currently consists of five novels with the six, The Winds of Winter, having been in production for at least 10 years. Oh. In production? Do books go in production? I'm not a real book guy. Henry, do books go in production? Oh, God. I'm not a real Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> Glenn watched Game of Thrones with Nick and was like, I'm sure the book is going to be better. Well, actually, isn't it the seventh book in the series? The golem slowly turns its head to you and it says, it's not called the Game of Thrones series. It's called A Song of Ice and oh, Fire. No! <laughs> and it no! dives off the top of the mountain and it crashes into you and 18 hits your AC. Yes, it does. So go ahead and take... With 3D12, you only took 10 damage, so well done. Ooh, but yeah, you feel the whisper of the pages. In episode 21, to lower the amount of damage Daryl took from the library's attack, Glenn should have had to declare that he was using cutting words before the amount of damage was known. <laughs> ah, ah, it's, like a, it's like a cramp. It's like a cramp in my leg. <laughs> ah, it's my style. Guys, my style's being cramped. I don't care so much it hurts. <laughs> Dude, the moment Glenn says it's a cramp, Daryl goes straight into sports medicine mode. He goes, like, just rub it out. Just rub it out. And he just starts like rubbing your calf. He's you like, can't rub it out. You got to move it up. You got to move it up. You got to move it up. That's how you get rid of the Daryl cramp. Daryl yells, just rub it out and starts to massage <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> just moving his calf up and down. Henry's okay. like, oh, are we doing this? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, Glenn, you can feel for a second that your fingers that are so used to the frets and the feel of an electric guitar in your hand, you kind of wish you had something a little bit more acoustic, a little smaller, a little, a little bit more ludier, like... A little ludier, a little ludier. I once picked up a mandolin and threw up in my mouth. I can't do this, guys. <laughs> As you continue to climb, just a very, very large copy of Catch-22 appears before you. Every syllable opens its cover like it's a puppet, and it says... In Catch-22, Joseph Heller's critically acclaimed novel of the Korean War, the main character, Yosarian, ends the book by dodging a knife blow from a prostitute. I believe it's World it War. It's not that kind of blow. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Henry says, well, actually, I believe it was World War II, not the Korean War. It's pages burst out of it like you just headshot it with a sniper rifle and it goes, no, 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 and falls over. You know, guys, it was also originally called Catch 18, but then there was another book that had 18 in the title, so then they switched it to Catch 22. Fun fact. So you hear the echo of, well, actually going, I didn't know that. (laughs) And he takes 17 damage, psychic damage from that fact. As you are all climbing the mountain, Henry, as one of your feet begins to get purchase on the hill, a paper hand reaches out of the mass of books and grabs you by the ankle and begins to drag you down into the- Hey, um, wait, get it, cut it out. What are you doing? The sea of books. Daryl reaches out for Henry. Daryl! Go ahead and give me a strength check. <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. I got this. Call an ambulance, but not for me. But not for me. <laughs> Even with a six, I'll be a, oh, it's only a 13. Okay. Read, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> As a bonus action, I'm going to enter rage. Uh, okay. Why is Daryl enraged right now? Why does that surprise me that books would enrage Daryl, huh? <laughs> so we were think, climbing. Guys? I took a glance at the book Henry told me was going to be as good as Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this son of a bitch. <laughs> I want to read this. And then he calls out, so I will get advantage on strength checks. Okay, go ahead and roll again. He quickly scans the book for the phrase <laughs> Heckler and Koch NP5 and it finds that Ursula K. Le Guin did not write Ding Chavez pulls a Beretta 9mm and was like, this isn't a book I want to read. Ding Chavez, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> okay. Okay, got 13 anyways. All right. Henry, you feel yourself being dragged down into the muck and into the darkness. This wasn't part of the deal, well, actually. This wasn't part of the deal. And your hand, like the Terminator, sort of sinks underneath, and just you are down here. And a book opens in front of you, and you see on the cover page as, a, as an unearthly light radiates from it, and it says Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Oh, shit. And it says, Oh, shit. This is just for you. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the titular doctor's creation known as Frankenstein's monster, strangles the doctor's fiance to death, inspiring the doctor to go on a quest for vengeance. The book is called Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus, which is true, not Frankenstein. Shit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Right. Well, what do I called? do when you got one of the things right and the other two things wrong? There were, it was also a trick question. It was there was two things in there, and you came up with a third I hadn't even thought about. <laughs> Henry, what's going on in there? They're trying to make me say wrong stuff about a book down here that everyone's insufferable about. <laughs> it's just muffled. Did you just hear that muffled? Through, like, a bunch yes, of- <laughs> I guess from that you can tell where he is in this pile of books if you want to try to grab him out and save me from trying to figure out what I need to do. No, let's, let's stick him out, guys. <laughs> I just reached my hand down to the books. Yeah, I, re- I stick a hand down there. Okay, so you get dragged. Away. I'm going to say because you did something he didn't expect, you only take half damage. So I'm going to roll. So basically, what were the so wrong as, things? As, as you're getting pulled away, it <laughs> says, well, it was a trick question. There were two things. Number one, Frankenstein isn't specifically mentioned to be a doctor in the book. And number two, Frankenstein's monster is just called the creature. As you get pulled up, it slashes at you. I thought it was going to be that he didn't have a fiance because who's like fucking that nerdy doctor guy who's all obsessed with <laughs> making somebody else? Stupid nerd. Yeah. All right. So you take half damage. It means you only take six paper cut damage ha. as you get pulled out of the mountain. It hurts to be right. <laughs> So you head into the next room and you can see the bright lights of a Bard Rock Cafe in the distance. And inside in the lobby of the Bard Rock Cafe, you can see Jody and Nicholas 
bound and gagged and pinned <gasps> under a very, very large copy of Absolute Watchmen, the hardcover edition. <laughs> <laughs> As you were hey. focusing on... What? What's up? Well, actually, where, where are you, you lied. You said they were happy and fine. I don't recall saying happy, but they're fine. They're safe. I don't recall what people say when they're lying. It's sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're fine? Okay, so if that's fine, if you consider that fine, then why don't you just be fine and go tie yourself up and be underneath the big book, too? Because I like being better than fine. <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen, though, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes... I like that. And he heals you for five points of health for saying who watches the Watchmen. Hey, I got one too well, actually. Who wells the actually? Who well actually is the actually, right? That's funny. I got one. I'm Henry. I'm- Hit him well, actually. <laughs> the world cries out well. And I say, actually. Lads, don't debase yourself too well, actually. We don't need his help. It's not a comic book. It's a graphic novel. <laughs> so I was going to say two big <laughs> arms made of books reach out from the ground right in front of you and just wrap themselves around your neck. And you hear well actually say, I don't like being pandered to except in a very specific way and then you said it's not a comic book in his graphic novel and went all right and it loosened its grip a little bit so well actually goes you got through my puzzles a lot quicker than i thought you would there's only three left but they're gonna do double damage so you better listen well you better understand what it's like to be inside the mind of someone else can i roll stealth yes please do i rolled 21 21 okay so yeah whatever you want to do you can do it okay i'm just gonna hide under the books like under the ground you're gonna be like bugs bunny with a mound of dirt above its (laughs) yeah ron is just going to to like nuzzle aside some books and lay down flat and so that he's kind of covered by books and looks like he could be a book himself (laughs) okay with your 21 and you know what he's gonna wrap some of the pages around him so even if he stands up he might as well just be a fucking library wall. Like, he just kind of looks booky. Okay. Does he tell anyone before he does this? No, absolutely no, no. <laughs> Shit, what happened to Ron? Did we lose Ron? Where, where'd Ron go? Ron? Ron? Ron, where are you, bud? I whisper, trust me. And then I put a pagey hand around Henry's ankle in a way that maybe he won't freak out about. Ron's probably doing something smart. Oh, well, we, we don't know where Ron is. Mm. He's probably got like a plan or something. Henry just keeps going, Ron, where are you? Ah, jeez Louise. <laughs> and then he walks back up to the rest of the group. Another golem appears in front of you out of the ground. It jumps up and is the exact shape and size of the Balrog. From Lord of the Rings. Matt, wake up. This one's for you, buddy. It opens its maw and it says, The Lord of the Rings is a three-book series by J.R.R. Tolkien that chronicles an epic quest to destroy the one ring in the fires of Mount Doom. I don't think it's... I mean, it's originally written as one book and it was published in three different parts. Uh, Seems like a technicality. Well, I mean, that's what... Well, You are perilously close to it. You were differently right. You found the basic, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, all right. (laughs) Yeah, all right. That's the final form of well, actually, that I want to see is, yeah, all right. Henry, let the judge say I'm wrong. Let the judge say I'm wrong, Henry. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So uh, what I was going for was that it's six books. Each book is divided into two books. Uh, But it was originally published as one volume, so... You get off this time, Wilson. It says as it slowly melts and back into the ground. I think Daryl's answer would be like, um, it's three movies. <laughs> okay, then Daryl takes. <laughs> yes, no, that's good. That's so yes, much better. That's yes, so you gotta much eat, better. eat some shit. Daryl, no. Yeah, no, sorry, motherfucker. <laughs> Daryl takes 46 damage. Oh, oh Daryl's dead. Because <laughs> Daryl hasn't recovered from the riot. So Daryl is, uh, Daryl says, um, I know this one, guys. I love these. Uh, it's three movies, or I guess maybe six movies if you count The Hobbit. And then what happens to me? So you, the book smiles at you and it just opens its maw 
No, you know what? It's a whole Dildo. other reason book. So it definitely like dives into the ground <laughs> and like disappears like a shark underwater and you think it's gone. And then a big whip made out of books goes whoosh and lashes around your ankle and it drags you down into the deep Whoa. of the books. And you disappear for a second. Daryl? And then you're thrown back up and all of your clothes are white now. And you are wearing uh, plate mail armor. You have a helm on instead of a baseball cap. And you are no longer a human stay-at-home house husband. You are a Goliath barbarian. You are giant. Oh, my God. You are beefy. Hello, friends. (laughs) What? Peyton, you seeing this shit? Oh my um, god! Um, um, uh, son, my boy, my baby boy, my dear son, dad, Peyton. Nice to see you. I'm sorry oh, if no. I scared you all for a second, but let's do this. Are oh, you? No. Are, who are you? I'm Daryl. Daryl, why are you seven feet tall and like all stony looking now? That's a rude thing to ask a Goliath. Why is everyone getting hotter but me? Why do <laughs> I lose my glasses and Glenn becomes a smoking hot old dude? And now Daryl's seven feet tall and jacked as hell. What's next? Is Ron gonna? turn into a supermodel what next world as you ask what next world a golem appears behind you from the ground and grabs you by the throat and it whispers into your ear and you see that its head is the bible and it says (laughs) it says the bible tells the true story of god and the creation of the universe as well as humanity's past present and future it's not i mean it's not a true right it's not like a true book it's you know, <laughs> and well, actually, it's not like a true book. <laughs> I mean, What's it's debatable. Like, it's, I mean, even, even even if you were going to be I mean, like should, the King John, even version most of Christians the, don't yeah. think it's literally true. Yeah, Will actually goes. Well, I thought I was being edgy with that one, but yeah, no, you got me. You're all right. You got me. And that, that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's like very few denominations of Christianity are literalists. I, I mean, so, and just to clarify, am I like, am I not Daryl? What am I, God? And then just to clarify, are you a Christian? Everything you're doing is good. <laughs> okay. So also, I just want to say really quick, as that's answered, I feel like Daryl, the new Daryl, he probably dropped um, the Tom Clancy book and kind of like remember in that Doctor Who, the Van Gogh episode when she like lost Rory, but she doesn't remember she lost him and she's just crying for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's that. So Daryl looks at the Tom Clancy and he just like, he's like, why am I crying? He feels nothing. No, he feels something, but he doesn't understand why he's crying. He's right. Just like, he, why? he doesn't feel the desire to read the book anymore. He like doesn't care. Yeah. He's just like, why? I don't know why that book's making me sad. Ron is like wincing into the books that he's hiding and he's like, if they can't find me, they can't make me be a real rogue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Holy shit. The final golem appears before you. It is bigger than every golem you have yet seen before. It blocks the entrance to the Bard Rock Cafe. It blocks the entire sign. You cannot see the building beyond it. It is so big. It just says, eh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it says, hey. And in the chest of this creature, its torso. It, this is the thickest torso you've ever seen on a book. Nice. And it says, Infinite Jest, David Foster Wallace. Oh my no. God, no. <laughs> and the golem says, The end boss of books. <laughs> the golem says, The greatest book of all time is Infinite Jest. Wait a second. It's true. I think this is another trick. I think this one's true. I think that Well actually thinks this book is the greatest book of all time. I know how to solve this, and I punch Infinite Jest. <laughs> 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 roll, roll an attack. Roll an attack. <laughs> so what? <laughs> All right, 
it's a seven. It's a seven. It's a seven. It's a seven. Seven plus seven, 14. A 14. Okay, so f- with a 14, you run up to like the foot of this infinite jest monster and you punch it and you can see like the shockwaves of your punch like ripple through the book, but it just goes, ah, ah, ah. I am not so easily penetrated as that. <laughs> this Goliath. I'm not done yet. And I do my second attack. God. I'm penetrated. <laughs> This time I got 18. Okay, with an 18, you punch its ankle and one of the books in its ankle, Consider the Lobster Collection of Essays, you manage to dislodge it from the golem itself and it's a little bit rickety on its feet. I like that one. That's a good book. It is a good book. And he goes, are you going to answer or am I going to do my damage to all of you? I have a question for your question. How could anyone know if Infinite Justice is actually the best book ever because no one's ever read it? They just pretend to read it. You feel a flutter in the air around you. You can smell the fedora musk move through your body as well actually gets as angry as you've ever heard him. And he goes, hey, I read it. (laughs) Well, then it's great. It's the best book of all time. And that was the trick question. It's really the best book. Infinite Just turns to look at you and it goes, oh. Oh, Uh-oh. oh, and it reaches up to its torso and it goes the best book of all time and it rips the cover away and it reveals a hardcover copy of Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk <laughs> and then it smashes you. No. No. <laughs> it smashes you for 36 damage. Oh, my God. Henry has four health. Uh, <laughs> As you feel the full weight of Chuck Palahniuk's seminal work demolish you into dust. It's a pretty thin book. It's not <laughs> As that. As this anti-capitalist screed washes over you. You hear the pages whisper, a bear, Henry's favorite creature to turn into, is a challenge rating one beast, and he should not be able to turn into it until level eight. Oh, dang. Well, good thing I'm level 10 now, so I can do it now. Nice. <laughs> Episodes eight, uh, 12, and 23, you weren't. So, Shit. Just so you know, just Episodes of what? <laughs> Get him. Get him, Ron, wherever you are. So, well, actually... Go Goes, all right, congratulations. You've you've gotten through everything. Feel free to take your friend and, and leave my castle. And uh, the doors to the Bard Rock Cafe open, and the absolute Watchman copy inverts itself and falls onto the other side of the floor, and Nicholas and Jody are free. They're still bound and gagged. Glenn's going to march right up to the two of them. I, I guess perception check. Like, are, Do they look okay? Like, Does Nick look okay? Yeah, give me a perception check. Natural 20 plus 4, 24. Oh, great. You notice that not only are Nicholas and Jody okay, but that there is a figure in the shadows in the rafters above you. Oh, shit. You've noticed them, but they haven't noticed that you've noticed them. So Glenn is going to quietly unsheath his his fucking human gun. (laughs) He puts his hand on On his heckler and cock MP5K. Ding Chavez. That's a submachine gun, but... <laughs> Just saying Ding Chavez is a very funny thing. <laughs> and he's going to ungag Nick and Nick only. Okay. Oh, so you've walked in. Yeah, I've walked yeah, in. Yeah, he's walked in. But I'm like hyper aware of that figure, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Glenn, as you step forward with your gun unsheathed, you feel that figure in the rafters let go and try to leap downward onto you. What do you do? I do a cool spin around, quick draw thing. Okay, like after they've landed, you point the gun at them? We should try to shoot them out of the air. Without knowing what they are? Yeah. Go ahead and roll an attack with your human gun. Okay. Five plus eight, 13. Your bullet barely wings the figure as they leap down. You see a poof, and it gets some of their clothing and some cotton flies in the air. And you hear a familiar voice say, ah! and the figure steps out from the shadows and you see that it is Mark Likely. And she goes, Well, it's been a while, fuckos, but uh, time to pay the piper, a.k.a. me, 
AKA Mark Likely. I got a job for you. Fucking, we getting Ashley back? Yeah. Wait, have you told her about it? Has she said yes? Dungeons and Daddies is Matt Arnold as Daryl Wilson, Anthony Birch as our DM, Will Campos as Henry Oak, Beth May as Ron Stampler and myself, Freddie Wong as Glenn Close, special guest Ashley Birch for like just a second there as Mark Likely. Theme song is All Right by Max and Waller. According to Ron is our content producer, Ashley Nicolette as our community manager. Chad Ellis provides additional editing. Robin Rapp is our transcriber. Special thanks to Agnity this week for providing us with a detailed database of D&D sins. And also special thanks to our Patreon supporters, folks like Tony Knight, Ali Parker, Garrett Scanlon, Samu Carlella, Ben Allison, Michael Sontag, Frank Latiak, MEFB, Captain Vampire, Ariana, Mark Phelan, William Fenyes, Thomas Jancis, Scarillo, Stormy, Anthony Saints, Planet Zinc, Thomas James, and Ray. A lot of hard ones to pronounce this week. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, old and new who have just recently in the past month pushed us past 10,000 supporters. We really appreciate it. It means we got another stretch goal to do. But first, we got to take care of our first one, the Star Wars stretch goal, the one that I've been talking so much about. It's finally going to be coming out this week. It's going to be available exclusively on our Patreon to people pledged at all levels. So if you want to hear it, you're going to want to be on that Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Dungeons and Dads to hear our Star Wars spinoff, Gungans and Daddies, all that jizz. There's tons of other stuff that you can get for supporting the Patreon as well. You can listen along live as we premiere each episode every couple of weeks. You can get a backlog of bonus content. You can head to our website, DungeonsAndDaddies.com, and click on the top link on Patreon. You can see all of the content that you would get in one handy place. Tons and tons of stuff there. Check it out. Skip the ads. Consider supporting this show directly. Go to Patreon.com slash DungeonsAndDads and check it out. I promise you it's worth your time. You can also find our merch at bit.ly slash dadmerch, and that's all caps. Follow us on Twitter, Dungeons and Dads, reddit.com slash r slash Dungeons and Daddies. Thank you so much for listening. Our next episode comes out April 6th, so we'll see you then. There was a time when you could read between the lines. You know they never brought you down. Never brought you down. I'm going to keep a hand by my old, I don't have any weapons, so I'm just going to be mindful. <laughs> Mindfulness is my weapon. <laughs> mindful. Mindfulness is my weapon. I'm going to keep a mental hand next to my mindfulness gun. <laughs> Dungeons Dads is brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect? Or are we? Or are we? Aura. We Aura. Aura Frames. Aura Frames If you've got pictures of seals, I know where you should go. Crank them onto your Aura Frames and give it to your mom. If you a big scroll, then you're like, I gotta take a picture of that. (laughs) (laughs) Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. You can put pictures of seals on there if you want. You can put pictures of Seal, the singer, on there if you want. They allow you to share and display. You can buy a bunch of these and put other, like, gross stuff on them for your goon room. It's true. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload <laughs> and share a goon photos. room your mom's comfortable walking into. <laughs> <laughs> Be 
via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame. Listen to this, Anthony, with preloaded photos and memories. There we Dude, go. Dude, I Meta preloaded gooning. my Aura frame with pictures of Pitbull and Pitbulls. So sometimes I get Mr. Worldwide and sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> no matter just, what, you win. I'm just being silly. I have great photos on my Aura frames and I love it. It's so a there. great Mother's Day gift this year, Beth. You could give mom. I already did. I did it for last month. Yeah, I got one for my mom, too. You moms did. fucking love moms it. Love moms this love this shit. Moms go wild. For aura. From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura That's like frame. a goon room that- for a mom is just photos of your kids. Name the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and select it Go in there of- and you see how long you can go without calling your kids. <laughs> <laughs> And selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use the code DUNGEONS at checkout for your mom to save. Terms and conditions apply. Dungeons and Dice is brought to you this week by Haya. Oh, wow. I did not realize I was surrounded by some black belts in karate. It's not martial art, Beth. It's a pediatrician-approved superpower chewable vitamin. Most of the time when you talk about children's vitamins, it's just candy. It's just gummy bears. I don't tell oh. my mom. That was my whole trick as a little kid. Was it? Yeah, I'd be like, mm, I'm, I want some vitamins, mom. But really, I just wanted that sweet, sugary goodness. Oh, I thought you were going to say you replaced your vitamins with gummy bears. Because that would be that a That would have been a smarter a move. I could have done that. Well, you might as oh, well, well, because most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and contribute to Disgusting. a of health issues. Ew, gross. Hi, fills the common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Hayas pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins Ooh. and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, 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 B12. That one came out weird. That was freshly here for vitamin B12. Vitamin D, B12. That's why this is all this is Folate, vitamin C. <laughs> it's vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, non-GMO, everything else. Would that you, you say that this product is a hunk of hunk of burden love? It's designed for kids two and up and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. They taste good, even though I don't take I don't take them. Oh I'm too my pills, <laughs> my gummies. <laughs> they also have a new kids probiotic and nighttime essentials. We've worked out a special deal with Haya. For their best-selling yeah. children's vitamin, receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to hayahealth.com slash daddies. Steel is not available on their regular website. This is a special Secret URL. You understand? Steel is one for the money and two for the great vitamins you're getting. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, hayahealth.com slash daddies, and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 